Hello and welcome to episode 204 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now this episode today is the first part of a three-part slam dunk special. I was lucky enough last weekend to attend probably the best music festival that I've been to. Yes, I got to attend Slam Dunk. It's one of the UK's best festivals, full of punk, emo and just the best live bands around. And on today's episode, you're going to get interviews with Michaela from the incredible band Yours Truly, Caleb from the brutal Beartooth and Dan from the amazing, absolutely incredible Wonder Years. Like I said, this was the first time I've attended this festival and it won't be my last. I felt from the moment I got on site, it was like one big family. Everyone there was enjoying the live music, celebrating the return of bands again playing since the lockdown and COVID. And honestly, the atmosphere was unbelievable. I was there with my good friend Martin, who was good enough to assist me taking photos, helping me set up and conduct the interviews. And I think we've got some incredible stuff to share with you all. So I think the best thing to do now is to get to the first interview. I'm welcoming back Michaela from Yours Truly, but this time it's face to face. So here's me and Michaela talking all things Slam Dunk. Michaela, thank you for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Thank you. It's very exciting to be here in person. Last time we were on Zoom, which seems not as fun as being here in the actual flesh. Yeah, it's definitely more fun. (laughs) So right now as we're sitting here, you've come off stage. How did it go for you today? It was absolutely amazing. I think it's one of my favorite sets we've ever played. Like it was just the energy was like unreal. Like people were getting into it. And I feel like when people like are into it, it's like makes so much more fun for us and we just want to give it so much more so yeah had, had an amazing time it's an amazing experience as well being here because obviously for two years we've had no festivals in the uk we've had no proper gigs so do you feel like there's an extra sort of buzz in the atmosphere I, i've got it from walking around today that everyone just seems so grateful to be here a hundred percent i definitely agree i think people are very grateful to be at these things and they really look forward to them whereas i think that before these things were just an annual thing of like oh you know got the got this festival like you know every every time something will roll around but I think that knowing that you know we missed out on it for so long like I think people will look forward to it so much more one thing I was thinking of today with bands playing is how hard is it to try and pick the right set list for a festival because if you've got your own show people are coming just because they love you but this is a really good chance for you to win over a crowd you might get someone today that's never heard of you walks Mm -hmm. across and then they go and buy a t-shirt and listen to you on the way home well, I guess it's like it's really interesting because we actually had that conversation today of being like, let's not play some songs because they're just not festival songs. Like, yeah. it's a song that we play at our show, but it's not it's not for here. So I think when as we've played shows, we've just figured out what songs feel the best live to a crowd that you know wouldn't really know us or like are in that festival kind of like mindset of like jumping and stuff. So I think we're finally getting to a point where we're like, these are our festival songs, and it's usually. It's usually the singles, yeah. the songs that stream the best. Like you want people to sing along, so you you play the songs people know, kind of thing, and then you leave the ones that you enjoy playing that you know aren't singles, kind of for your headlines. 
I love it. And do you get a chance to watch any of the other bands, or is it just kind of work and then try and rest to make sure you, you know, keep healthy for the next show? Or are you going to get to go out there and watch bands like Beartooth and stuff like that tonight? That's what I want to do tonight. I mean, yesterday we um, we played, and then we I saw a bit of Counterparts, and then um, we. Well, before us is our friends between you and me, so I got yeah. to watch their whole set yesterday and today. Um, so yeah, so I saw that, and then we, you know, then we were doing, you know, we had some things to do, like some interviews, and then, then it was like food time, and then it was like signing time, and then who did we watch after that? Which bit of Hot Mulligan, and then it was like, okay, the gates are open, we have to drive early at four a.m. tomorrow morning to get down to Hatfield, so wow. we're gonna go to sleep, yeah. kind of thing. But today is like the party day, like I'm Let gonna your go hair watch down, enjoy it. as many people as possible, and yeah, just really be able to enjoy it because. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow I can wake up at whatever time I want to wake up. <laughs> that sounds luxury. And being here at the festival and stuff, does it kind of feel real? Because for two years you didn't get to play festivals. You didn't mm. get to go and do these gigs. Yeah. And it must be the worst experience because other people could do their jobs. But yeah. entertainment, you know, as a singer in a band, it must have felt like you were in prison because you just can't do what you love. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm very grateful to be here. I mean, in Australia, like, we... We had some moments where we were allowed to play some shows and stuff like that during the pandemic. Um, and we actually got to play Unify in March, which was like our first festival back for us. And it was just the most like insane feeling, like seeing all my friends that I haven't seen for almost three years because they lived interstate. And then all of a sudden we were in the same place yeah. again. And walking around, you know everyone. Like I'm sure it's what it would feel like for here for everyone. I slam dunk, like from the UK, you walk around, you see all your friends you haven't seen for ages. So yeah, so that, you know, that in itself for me was just like, okay, things are going back to normal. Like it, this, this is what I miss really. And what about being in the actual band and writing again and being in the same room? Does it feel like you'll never take that for granted again because it was taken? Definitely not. Like we've, we've taught a little bit since the pandemic and I think that I've realized what's important and what's not important with touring and obviously taking things in, but then also realizing your health is so important as well. So not, you know, not we, before we would just run ourselves into the ground kind of thing. And I think just realizing that if you get sick, like the like the things that you have to do when you get sick now, it's like you can't just kind of continue on. That you've got to be careful so that you know we we were struck by COVID on the last tour that we did, and I really it really taught me that we're in a different touring situation now. Yeah. It's never going to be the same as it can feel as as normal as we want it to feel, but it won't ever be the same ever again. I think it's really adapting to that, but also treating it yeah treating it like that, but then being grateful for the times that you do have because it could just get taken away again I guess which is like really morbid to, to think about but I think we're just you know saying in the moment not thinking about oh cool now we're doing slam dunk because next week we got to do this it's like no we're at slam dunk today like let's not worry about what happens tomorrow it's strange because it's changed the way I think about everything if someone invites me out now normally I could be like I can't be asked tonight but I go because I think for two years I haven't been able to go out and if I say no I might not get the opportunity again if it happens yeah. overnight. So it makes me kind of appreciate everything a lot more now. I look at all these things I've just not done that I should do. 
Yeah, totally. I feel like there's a part of me that, like, you know, you, like you hear about manifestation and stuff like yeah. that. And I feel like this is like, this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but everyone wanted a break and everyone was like, I just want a break. I don't want to work. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And I feel like the universe literally gave us the biggest break of all time. And I think we've all realized that it's good to be busy. Obviously, we've got to take care of ourselves, yeah. but to be grateful for how, how lucky we are to be so busy in yeah. our lives. Do you feel that it gave you a chance as well to reevaluate everything with your writing and stuff as a band? Did you give it a chance to maybe spend long on those songs that maybe yeah. weren't finished and you could actually give yourself the time back you needed? Well, this whole EP that we wrote is kind of about the thoughts that you had whilst isolated. And a lot of it had to do with my, um, you know, my identity of not being able to be in this band and being able to tour and be with my friends and be yeah. able to be writing and playing shows and how much I associated my own self-worth with being in this band of like, I'm Michaela from yours truly instead of I'm just Michaela. Like, I don't have anything else going on in my life because I've dedicated so much of my life to this. Like, I, we literally all like started touring in high school kind of thing. So, like, you know, I didn't go to uni. I didn't do any of those things. Like, I don't, they, they're my best friends kind of thing. And all of a sudden I didn't have that anymore. And so it gave us some fuel to be like, what do we want to write about? Like, what do we want to talk about? And the whole thing is really like this self-reflection and how, you know, you watch these movies and these coming of age movies and they go through like this, you know, beautiful, like, Grow, like growing up story and stuff and that it, it's not it's not real like at all like you know so like you know growing up and self-reflection and finding out who you are is probably one of the most ugliest things ever yeah. it's definitely not something to be glorified no yeah but you know we all got through it and you know um and so we we wrote about it and how's the rest of the year looking now that things are getting back to normal now you can do these shows these tours aren't going to be cancelled you're here now playing a festival is it just manic now playing catch up totally like we played we played four shows in four days like we've been like Leeds and Hatfield twice in the past four days we ended up jumping on the you meet six anniversary shows yeah. last minute like literally day of so just being able to do things like that like I'm like we can do stuff like this. Like I would have never imagined that was something that we would have done two years ago. So really just taking any opportunity that we can get to play really is where we're at the moment. There'll be people listening today that want to get in a band and play festivals and get out there. What advice do you give to bands that are really trying to kind of make a name for themselves? Because it's a difficult world, isn't it, to be seen in, especially with yeah. so many bands now. Um, I would say just like nothing happens overnight. Like to... Teddy and I have been friends, we really have been friends for like eight years and from the moment we met each other we wanted to be in a band and I'd still say like we're still very, uh, we, we, we were a second band on our stage, like we are not anywhere like near anything that's like impressive but it takes time and we are aware that it could take another eight years kind of thing and I think just sticking it out and showing that you're dedicated and that you'll work hard is a thing that people find mo most impressive than anything else. What I do on the podcast, I think we did this when you last came on, but let's make it another time round. I asked if you wanted to choose the outro piece of music to this song. Now, when the episode's all edited and we put it out there, I asked the guest that's on the podcast to pick the last piece of music we play. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one from your own band. It can just be a song that you absolutely adore. So okay. tell me a band that means a lot to you or a piece of music or a song that you would love to be played today at the end of our interview that just you just fucking love. I'm going to say, um, we just we just did these You Meet Six shows. I say, um, bite my tongue, but You Meet Six because, like, literally two weeks ago, two two days ago, I watched them play it live, 
And it just reminded me of me like sitting in my room listening to that album and being like, I love this band. Like 10 years later, I got to play with them for that album. So I'd say I adore that album itself for that, that song. I was like, I'm going to cry right now. So yeah, we'll play that song. That's amazing. Does it feel like you need to kind of pinch yourself that you're on stage and sharing this moment? I don't usually have those moments no. as well because I'm so like, my brain's always going a million miles per hour and I'm kind of like, okay, it's happening. Let me just, you know, just, let's move kind of thing. But I think that was a moment that I was like, if I could go back 10 years ago and tell myself that I would be doing this, like I, I would probably like probably cry and I'd be very excited. So yeah, I, I would like to go back in time and tell 14 year old me that that was what I, I would get to do. Yeah. It's incredible. Thank you so much for coming back. It's so good to do it in person. I love Zoom. It's helped, especially when you're on the other side of the planet. It's insane. But being here today, it's just been magical. And thank you for yeah. coming back. Thanks for having me. So there it is. There's my interview with me and the amazing Michaela from the incredible band Yours Truly. I was lucky enough to see them at the festival and they put on a great show and I think they're just going to get bigger and better as time goes on. I can't wait to see the path they go on and the way that they're going to go up further up the bill each and every year because they deserve all of the success that they're getting. Right, next up we have a returning guest again from Mark and Me and this time it's Caleb from the amazing band Beartooth. One of the performances from the day for me, absolutely brutal from the moment they went on. His vocals, the energy and the band overall are just astonishing. They're one of my most listened to bands and it was so good to catch up with the band there and then. And the best thing was, again, it was face to face. I've missed doing these interviews and okay, Zoom's been great and a good tool for us over this horrible lockdown period. But now it's all about doing what we enjoy best and face to face interviews for me are the reason I do it. So here's me and Caleb talking all things Slam Dunk. Caleb, thank you for coming back on the Mark and Me podcast. It is an honor. It it's is so, truly an honor. It's so good to see you in the flesh instead of on a Zoom screen. It's good, but it's A little better, yeah. Better. Yes, slightly. Just slightly than, you know, being zillions of miles away and not really being able to hang out. This well, is nice. It's nice, man. Yeah. What I want to do today, we know all the background about why you got into music and that, but talk to me about your first ex kind of festival experience you've never sure. told me about this so tell uh, me about yeah. when you first went to festivals yourself absolutely uh i will never forget it so the first like festival thing i went to was Ozfest in nice. uh in columbus ohio my hometown and it was uh, i mean the lineup was crazy i think i was 13 12 or 13 it was event sevenfold disturbed um, and I remember System of a Down headlined, and I mean, it, I was hooked. I was just like, this is nuts. People screaming fuck at the top of their lungs at the crowd. People are like spilling beers everywhere. I was just like, I've never experienced anything like this. I love it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was a hell of a first, 
first festival. That's a hell of a festival. One of my first ones was OzFest in the UK. It was Pantera, Slayer, Holy Sabbath, Ozzy. Jeez. Unbelievable. I was yeah. like 15. Slayer came on and all these huge guys just ran towards me in the mosh pit. And I realized I was about, yeah, about 15. Sure. I was fucked. <laughs> was good, good luck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how does it feel to like now be out of this horrible COVID state and now we can actually play shows again? You're here. Last night you played up north. It must feel like finally we can actually play again and do what we do best. It, it, I mean, it's just surreal. I mean, like I was, I was honestly really emotional yesterday while you're playing. I mean, even, you know, we just did those Malta shows with Bring Me the Horizon. And I mean, it's our first time across the pond in, you know, a really long time. I mean, our last show pre-pandemic was like March, I remember it was March 6th, I believe, uh, in Germany. I don't remember exactly what city, uh, but I remember right before that we had just done a little UK thing and then it was all over. Yeah. And, you know, this is our first trip back as a band, which is amazing. And uh, I mean, it's just indescribable. I'm sure everybody's going to kind of say the same thing, but like, at least for, you know, us and for myself being American, being over here and uh, yeah, it's just no does words. It, does it like slightly change your mindset of like never taking anything for granted anymore? Like those shows that you would have done and be like, yeah, cool, we're going on tour. But now you're like, this could be our last tour. We don't want to ever fucking have this shit again. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, no bad days, no bad shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's truly like you just realize how incredible it is to be able to do what you do after it's taken away. You know, I know that sounds pretty cliche, but no, it's but very it's true. true. It, like. I didn't realize how addicted I was to fucking rock and roll and yeah. heavy metal. And, like, I need that. Like, it, it has taken over more than the better part of my adult, uh, my adult life. You know, I've been touring full time since I was 15 years old. So, like, I, to have that gone, you just, you realize, like, this is incredibly important. Not only myself, for my own health and my own mental health, but for a lot of other people as well. It's like... You know, I, I, live music is fucking awesome. It it's is. really powerful. It so is. like, yeah, it's there, just, there's yeah. nothing like it where a group of people, I know sporting events are people like that, but you're all on the same page. It's not rivalry like a football event or soccer. It's literally everyone's there to have a good time and celebrate something that people love. And yeah. you can go out there and discover the next new favorite band. You can go and see your favorite band and you could find someone that you didn't think you liked, but when they're suddenly on stage, they change your world. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is I, fucking ace. I mean, it's crazy. Like, it, it truly is crazy. It's just like, I mean, even, you know, I've walked around and, you know, I just watched Kenny Hoopla. Never seen him before. Fucking awesome. I went and watched Hot Milk. Never heard of them. Incredible. Hot Milk. I was like, whoa. I know. So, and that's because yesterday, our bass player, Ashi, was like, I watched this band Hot Milk. You got to go watch them. So I went and watched it. It's like, I love finding new music and live is, I mean, live is what it's about. That's, that's, that's the whole thing, at least for me, you know? So to be able to just get around and see bands and it's just crazy. Like festivals are back, you know, the, the energy's back and the vibe is just so massive. It's ridiculous. Are you in a place where you think that this is all you'll ever do? Because you still, when I talk to you now, have the ambition and drive you had 10 years ago. You seem I'm like, just getting started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we you haven't even like we like, haven't even scratched the surface. And, and that's amazing, isn't it? Like some yeah. bands just kind of get used to it, and then they like get into this routine of the same shit every day. But you're like, you never take anything for granted. You're not here like, oh yeah, we'll just wing it. You're like, I'm going to put on the best show of my life tonight because yeah. 
this is my life. It is my absolute favorite thing to do. It is my the blood in my veins. You know what I mean? This, like I say, like I speak music better than I speak English, and like yeah. I mean that. Like I, since before I can remember, I have just been music has entrenched my life, and after it becoming my career, like. That, that's it. That's all I'm doing. You know, and, and yes, I love performing. I love entertaining. I love doing the whole bit. Um, it's just such a release and it's such a good time. But like, yeah, I mean, even if not, like producing and mixing and it's like music is the only thing I'm ever going to do. So for me, I, I, there's just no other option. You know, there's no other there's no other path. There's no other thing. This is it. You know. I love it. Yeah. My final question, and what I do, I think you remember when you came on the show, you get to choose the outro song, so you can choose any song. We did it when we were on Zoom, but yeah, now yeah. we're in person. We have to mix it up a bit. So once we've done today's interview, it's all wrapped up. What song do you want to be played by any bands, whoever you want in the world, that means a lot to you? Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm putting you on the spot. but No, you really are. <laughs> Let's do... Um... For whom the bell tolls by Metallica. Fucking hell! It didn't, it didn't go small. <laughs> I just think it. that would be the badass way out. Fucking the bell hell. ringing, bah, bah, you know what I mean? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that'll awesome. do. That'll Man, do. Man, I can't wait to see you tonight. It feels like we've been waiting forever. Your tour got pushed back. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it doesn't seem real. Until I'm out there and you come on stage, I won't believe it's going to happen. But honestly, oh, yeah. I, I'm so glad you're back. Tonight's going to be fucking awesome. Well, it's an honor to be here, seriously. To, to anybody who's listening and to anybody who's going to see us tonight, it's truly a fucking honor. Amazing. It's amazing. So there's my interview with me and Caleb from the astonishing band Beartooth. If you've never checked this band out, you need to. And next year they've announced a tour in the UK. Go and see them live. It will blow your tits off. They are phenomenal. And honestly, will stay with you for a very long time. A massive thanks for Caleb for coming back on the show. And his energy and everything about him is just amazing. And do you know what? He's just born to be a rock star. He's one of those people, the moment he walks in the room, you just know that he's going places. And his band is just one of the best out there. Next up on the interviews, we end on a high. And this for me is a huge one. I'm joined by Dan from The Wonder Years. They were lucky enough to play two albums back-to-back this weekend at Slam Dunk, and honestly, they are phenomenal. There's a reason why they headline these festivals and have these huge sets, because they're just absolute legends. That is really what they are. And Dan is one of the nicest people I've spoken to, and I can't wait to share this interview with you. So here's me and Dan talking all things Slam Dunk. Dan, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
what I want to do today, Dan, for the listeners out there, is get it right back to the very early days. So let's talk about when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. Can you remember those first ever records that maybe you used your pocket money on that made you think, I want to be in a fucking band? Yeah, but it's not the band that you would think it was. <laughs> Go on. Right? Uh, because the first band that I wanted to be in um, was Boys to Men. Um, I am shocked already. We're, we're from Philly. Yeah. We're from Philly. And so, um, yeah, I, I remember there was a store in my town that was, um, it was three stores in one. It was Skater Axe, Martin's Guitars, and Bottom Feeder Records. And so they did guitars, skateboards, snowboards, and, and some records. And there was a used copy of Boys to Men's Cooley High Harmony that I bought. Um, I'm in shock still. Yeah, that was my first. I like desperately wanted to be in like a like an R&B group. That was like my first goal. Okay, so now's the cool points on its way. When you go to your first gig, tell me about who the first band was that you saw that made those little hairs on your neck stick up. So the first concert I saw, uh, like concert, 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 was um, Phoenix TX Bad Religion, Blink 182. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, I was newly obsessed with Blink, and, and I was I was probably. 13-ish. Um, I think I think it was the tour that they recorded. Um, is it Mark, Tom, and Travis show or Tom, Mark, and Travis show? Mark, Tom, and Travis show. As it should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Mark's my guy. Um, that was the first sh- big show I had been to. And I was like obviously blown away by it. And at that point, I had started playing um, in a band. My friend had a, a bass, and he was like, hey, will you learn to play this and be in my band? I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, can we sound like Blink-182? And he was like, no, we're going to sound like Nirvana. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, what about half and half? <laughs> um, and then, uh, but I didn't really understand. I knew I wanted to be in a band. I knew that that's where, that was, you know, man, if I could be like, like, at, like Blink, play these kinds of places. But I didn't know how to get there. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, where was the connecting line between learning songs in yeah. my friend's basement and, and being Blink-182? And uh, then I saw a band called Inkling play at a, a Knights of Columbus hall, which is like a hall that you can rent. I don't know what, what your equivalency of it would be here, but um, just a hall show. You know, they, like, uh, I remember I played like a teen center here once, oh, kind of okay. similar to that, okay. um, but not for teens, for like old old men uh, to go drink, <laughs> I guess, is the point of it. I don't really honestly still know. No. Um, but so it's been Inkling play, and it, I, you know, there was no way to really hear it. They weren't on the radio or anything. They were from my town. But there were like 200 people there losing their absolute fucking minds. And the song stops and the singer turns to the crowd and everyone sings the line. And the line was, I am my own mountain. I stand as a statue to our worth. And uh, uh, actually, the singer now plays piano in the starting line. Um, but I was like, oh, shit. Like, these people care about this in a really deep way. Like, they're invested in it. And, like, now I see how I can. This is step one, right? Can yeah. I get to that spot? Can I get to playing in these, like, Knights of Columbus halls? So those were my first, like, my two formative concert experiences, I would say. I was listening to an interview of you on the way here today with the guys from Sappening Podcast. Oh, yeah, I did that a couple weeks ago. I can't believe how busy you were when you started out. Like, of a calendar, you're doing, like, 200 shows in a year. Yeah, we were, we were nonstop. It's insane. And you were coming over here illegally playing shows. Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure, we were joking about it this morning. And we came over with no visas, no nothing. Um, I remember being terrified of getting like pulled over by the police. And like obviously, now that I've been here enough, I know that they wouldn't be like, "Where are your work visas?" Right? Yeah. They would just be like, "You're Americans in England." Sure, that's like <laughs> there are a lot of them. Um, but at the time, it was I was like, we were like walking on eggshells. I mean, we also did that in Russia. We went to Russia with no visas. That's like we did. 
everything we did was sketchy and DIY and like literally like sleeping on the ground in parking lots um, with like blankets we stole from the flight over. So that was a, we did a lot of that. Yeah. That that dedication out there must be like insane now that you're here and you're not in a youth hostel. You can afford to have a beer and you're in a huge crowd. Well, I do have to say we stayed at a very bad travel lodge last night. So (laughs) it's not all that different. Travel lodge, sort Uh, your shit out. Which I mean, yeah, it's the it's funny because last week when we were on tour with Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties was like my my other band. We stayed at that same travel lodge and we ended up leaving it because um, one of the rooms had mouse poop in it and one of the rooms had earwigs in the bed. And That's I was like, selling point. we got to get out of this hotel. Yeah. So we went and got a different hotel. Um, and then we needed a hotel last night. It was the only one was available was that same travel lodge. And it was triple the price because of the Jubilee. And right now we're sitting here at Slam Dunk and it feels like the world is starting to be normal again. We can play shows, we can go and enjoy bands again. But it must have been a long two years for you, knowing that this is what you get the most from. Yeah, I mean, it's still tough, right? Like, it's, I mean, f- because we have to test to fly back into America. Yeah. Right? And so um, we had a whole last week, man. When we were on the Aaron West tour, Nick, who is in both bands, tested positive. Oh, fuck. Um, and so as soon as he tested positive, it was like, everyone else take a test. Okay, everyone else is negative. We can't play full band shows without a drummer, so I'm going to send everybody else home just in case you guys end up testing positive in a couple days. I don't want you getting stuck here. So the rest of the Roaring Twenties went home, um, got their negative tests, flew home. A couple days after that, four of the five of them tested positive. So only myself and one other member have not had COVID still. Um, Fuck. And I finished the Aaron West tour solo. Just test every day. Still negative. Still feel great. Play I'm a touching show. wood right now. I'm, as I'm literally knocking Martin, on it. Touch wood. There we go. So... We did. We ran through. I, I played the rest of those shows solo, and then we were like, okay, well, we had to figure out how to play a Wonder Year set without Nick, and so we were supposed to have a show in Bournemouth. We had to postpone it to November so that the band could figure out how to play without Nick. We played without Nick yesterday, and then this morning he finally tested negative. So today we'll be back at full strength, but it has been stressful. Yeah. Super, super stressful to figure all this out. Like it's not back to normal for us like it's just like one big i mean i don't get to do anything i haven't we don't eat anywhere everything is takeout we eat in the vans uh if we're indoors we're masked if we're uh, talking to people like we're just always in at 95s um it is a not at all normal touring experience for us it's like a very different um much more on edge thing trying to keep everybody safe and healthy and so yeah i mean and then also, to, as the kicker, uh, two days before Nick got COVID, JD from Slamdunk called me and said, hey, Motion City can't play. Will you guys do both records both days? We we're like, yeah, sure. We'll play for two hours a day at Slamdunk, uh, which we are, and we did yesterday. But then it was like, hey, do you want to play for two hours without one of your members? It was like pretty important for a lot of these songs. Christ. So, you know, a lot. A lot but hey, on. we're sitting here and tonight we here get the we full are. shebang. You get, yeah, you get. Two albums back to back with the full band. Yeah, everybody's here. We're going to play every, every goddamn one of those 25 songs. I think we asked JD yesterday. It is the longest anyone has ever played at a single slam dunk. We, we have the record now, the longest set. This is incredible. Set. And being here and playing these two albums back to back, 
because your voice has changed so much over the years, mm -hmm. have you found it a challenge revisiting these songs, or are you now frustrated that you can't re-record these albums with your voice? I you wish are? I could re-record them the way they were, yeah. <laughs> especially upsides. You know, I just had no idea how to to control my voice then. Yeah. Um, how to get the things I wanted out of it, and so it was definitely a. When we had to relearn the songs, I was like, "Who the fuck is singing these? It's not me." And it's not like me. It's crazy, isn't it? There's yeah. such a difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we were writing upsides and recording, I was what 22. It's just like a different. Wow. Yeah. A whole different thing. Yeah. And one thing I'm blown away by is your love for wrestling, which is awesome. I love yeah, wrestling. I yeah, was yeah. at WrestleMania a few years ago, and the UK is having a show here, a pay per view, which is amazing. But. Do you get a chance to watch much wrestling now with AEW and WWE and? Uh, not as much as I used to. Just between you know, on tour it's hard, and uh, at home I have two little kids, so yeah. it's like getting them to bed takes up a lot of the time where I would be watching wrestling. But I try to pop in as much as I can and catch as much as we can. Um, I, I just heard this morning that uh, Punk's injured, right? I believe so. Yeah. It's a bummer for him. As he's just become champ. I know it's a bummer for him, but yeah, I mean it's great to have kind of something because like it's, I don't love everything from both shows right like there's some yeah. there's some there's e stuff I don't love there's some AEW stuff I don't love but like to be able to in the same week if I want to get to watch you know Becky and Rollins and uh, and Kevin Owens put on clinics for E and then flip over and watch the Bucks and Omega well Kenny's her but yeah um, you know, Brian and we're spoiled right now. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, to have to have on two different channels, people cutting as good of promos as like Becky Lynch and MJF. Is, MJF is right now incredible. is my favorite heel. He's incredible. That that is basically his version of the pipe bomb last week. Eight minutes of just perfection. I read about it. I didn't get to see it oh, yet. Man. I don't have YouTube great service it. here. It's incredible. I wanted to watch it. And I tried, and I just like my cell service is not good enough to watch it. So I'm gonna have to wait till I get home. What I do as well is, on this podcast, to make it as original as I can, is I ask the guests to choose the outro piece of music. So once we've done this interview today, it's all edited, and we release the episode, you get to choose the song that's played at the end. Okay. It can be any band, any song, any piece of music. Now, I'm putting you on the spot today. For any reason, right? Any reason. But what's okay. the song that means a lot to you? So we were having a... It's not about meaning a lot to me. It's just because I wanted to hear it, and I couldn't because we lost service. In the van on the way over here, we were having a competition, and I was—I turned around and said, "Okay, everyone, think of the saddest song you can think of, and we're gonna let our driver listen to all of them, and he will pick which one is the winner." <laughs> I love this. Um, and so uh, I ended up winning that competition with "Real Death" by Mount Erie, which is one of the saddest songs ever written. And then we were just like kind of going through like um, honorable mentions. And the song I really wanted to listen to, and then we lost service pulling into the park, was The Antlers putting the dog to sleep. Nice. So let's go with The Antlers putting the dog to sleep. Because, like, <laughs> so why not? To end this episode. Why not end this fun episode with one of the saddest songs ever written, but also one it. of the most beautiful? I love the contrast. It's really upbeat the songs yeah, out. It's Here really we good. are, but fuck it, your dog's dead. <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you very much for being uh, with me. I appreciate it's amazing, man. you being here and interviewing me. Thank you. So that brings us to an end for this first part special of my Slam Dunk specials. And do you know what? To end with Dan from The Wonder Years is a dream come true. One of the best bands around and they've earned every bit of respect they've ever had. They're one of the most hard-working bands I've ever met and they're just incredible. So if you ever get a chance to see them live, do it. You will not regret it. The good news is, even though this is coming to an end, this is the first part of a three-part special. And coming up on my next episode, I'm going to be joined by the Nova Twins, Hot Milk, and Neck Deep. 
And honestly, these interviews are all fantastic and ready for you very soon. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it on your social media networks. Go on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram and just share. It costs absolutely nothing to do to retweet an episode or post it on your stories on Instagram or just post it on your Facebook page. It brings a whole new audience to Mark and Me and is the best way to get the name out there. And if you've really enjoyed today's episode, I do have a Patreon page. Go on to markandme.com and the link is on there. You can sponsor me through Patreon for as little as £1 a month. For that, you're guaranteed two episodes every single week. Some background content that is only for you guys, some behind-the-scenes exclusives, some badges when you sign up, and thanks to the guys at Richer Sounds, a prize each and every month to say thank you for supporting me. You can do this for as little as £1, honestly. Please sign up, it really goes a long way and allows me to travel the country and do more episodes like these that you're listening to today. So please, if you've enjoyed today, go on markandme.com and show me that support. Right, I'm going to be back with the second part of this special. And as I've said, Nova Twins, Hot Milk and Neck Deep. It's waiting and I can't wait for you to listen. So until then, thanks for listening and I'll speak to you all very soon. I can't